The Altar Life. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Something I've always wondered is how does a thermos know when to keep something hot, hot, and when to keep something cold, cold? The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff finds that unexplainable. That is right. And uh, it goes with our theme of the night, which is the final church of the seven churches in Revelation. Wow. The Church of Laodicea. Whoop. The lukewarm <laughs> church. What's hot and what's not? <laughs> That's a great theme. Can you believe we made it seven shows? Wow, that's amazing. And that they kind of tie together in some way. <laughs> Maybe. what so happens when you stay in the Word. You know, you stay grounded in what your plan, what God's plan is. But anyway, I'm going to just kick off the two hours by reading the Church of Laodicea. So open your Bibles up to Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, and start reading with us. And to the angel of the Church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I have also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Meaty. There's right. so much there, so much that's appropriate for the time that we're living in, so we can't wait to dive in. we got a lot of great music for you, and it's so perfect, as the most of the churches have been, is that their opinion of themselves was so far off of what Jesus sees when he looks at them. They think they're rich and wealthy, and they don't need anything, but really they're poor, blind, naked, they don't have any clothes, they're miserable, and uh, we're going to be talking about the church Uh, We're excited to talk about this topic about not being lukewarm, but being hot or cold. You know, you ever start eating food like at dinner or like, you know, one of the worst things for me is like if the dinner's supposed to be hot and it's like just nasty, like lukewarm, you know, Um, or if it's supposed to be cold, like you don't want it to be just like not cold. Yeah. You know, like you have a nice cold ice cream. You don't want it to be hot. Think how horrible warm ice cream would be, you know, or you know, a nice bowl of turkey dinner or whatever, and all of a sudden you're steaming hot, oh, so good. But like if it's just sitting there like all nasty, sitting out for for an hour, great, he's got skin on top. I know it's like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. And uh, you know, Christ feels the same way about our souls. You know, he's like, you know, I I wish that you were hot or cold because you know what? Honestly, I feel like spitting that crappy food out of my mouth when it's lukewarm. Um, and Jesus says he actually would vomit those folks out of his mouth because they were lukewarm. Yeah, think about this. When you get into the car, like in the summer, and you've left like a, a empty or not a half-empty McDonald's cup, and you're like, oh, there's like some melted ice in there, and you drink it, it's like that root. It's not like hot from the sun, but it's like just 68.3 degrees, and you're like, oh, <laughs> so bad. Or like a salad that's been left out in a room too long. Oh, wilty lettuce. Yeah, wilty lettuce. It's not like hot salad. 
but it's not cold salad. It's just gross. And you just want to spit it out. That's what Jesus is talking about, about you <laughs> and me and everybody. When we get complacent, when we get to that part of our life, when we don't think there's anything wrong with us, but we also don't want to move forward because we're comfortable. We're, yeah. um, you know, we're indifferent. We're, there's, there's no feeling. There, you know, we're, we're, there's apathy. <laughs> like that Reliant K song just spoke about. Apathetic is a pathetic way to be. Get it? <laughs> Did you just think of that up right now? Or no, Reliant K, Reliant K thought of it in their song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, so, uh, <laughs> where was I last, like, five minutes? That's okay. But, um, yeah, if you look at the church and the culture that we're in, especially among teens, is it's all about this, like, uh, whatever. Like, I think of, when I think of lukewarm, I think of, like, the whatever Christian, where nothing really gets them excited nothing they really gets them mad they're just kind of like you you know i'm indifferent you know there's that that even you know no no substance at all yeah i'm just trying to skate through just trying to skate through without anybody bothering me kind of a christian you know yeah i'm not going to turn up the juice but i'm not going to like go out and just openly rebel against god i'm just not going to give my all i'm just going to kind of skate around and slide into heaven with you know with ease and uh that's about it and that's worse jesus says i'd rather be on one side of the fence or the other remember moses when he said who's on the lord's side that's how jesus breaks it down he doesn't say like you know you're you know there's the devil's side there's the lord's side and then there's this little fence that you can kind of sit on no he said it's either one side or the other because what happens if you're sitting on a fence? You're going to get knocked down. Or if you're sitting on like a wall, Humpty Dumpty. I was just, I was just <laughs> thinking about Humpty Dumpty. So don't be a Humpty Dumpty Christian. Um, the altar life. But if you fall, the good news is the Lord can put you back together again. Like the kings, all the kings, horses, and men couldn't. You know? <laughs> like Again, I'm not very good at remembering those uh, little nursery run things. Uh, but anyway. All right, that was Run, Kid, Run. Wake up, get up. And I think it's really interesting... Um, in this passage about the Church of Laodiceans is that they didn't see themselves, and Jeff kind of said this already um, a lot. We've been kind of noticing this through all the churches, but um, how Jesus sees our hearts one way. And so a lot of times we don't see ourselves the same way. Um, and I think real change in our lives happen when we actually start seeing our hearts and ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Yeah, the, the thing that Jesus says here is that you say... And then he says, but I say, you know, I counsel you to buy from me gold. You think you're rich? You think you're wealthy? Well, you're getting your, your wealth from the wrong source. You need to get gold from me that's refined in the fire, that's pure, that's that's holy, that you may be truly rich. And he says, you know, you think you have, you don't need anything, but you're naked. You need to get white garments. And white garments, as we talked about before in the scripture, a lot of times it, it is associated with righteousness, you know, being clothed in the righteousness of God. And he says... Um, you know, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And nakedness a lot of times is shown like the bareness of sin, like in the garden. Uh, you know, when they saw that they were naked, it's because they had, they see the sin that they committed and we need the cloth, you know, we need the righteous garment to be placed upon us so that when God looks at us, what does he see? He sees the garment of Jesus upon our lives. And we, um, a lot of times we're stretching and we're striving to have the, the status as a Christian. And we think, well, uh, you know, I'm not sinning. I'm not in rebellion. So I'm doing great. And Jesus is saying, there's so much more. That's not it. It's not, okay, I haven't sinned today, so therefore God is happy. You know, obviously he is, but if you're just sitting there not doing anything and you're just miserable and you're, you know, aiming for the wrong things, you know, sin is saying you missed the mark. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like in open rebellion. It's just that you're aiming for the wrong things. You're not aiming to please God. You're just sitting like an idiot. <laughs> Bar none, period. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you know, God, God really desires us to be pure. And um, we're going to talk about this gold and what it means to be like refined gold. Because um, it's a pretty interesting analogy of the whole the concept of gold and what happens when you refine gold. And what gold looks like before it's refined and after it's refined. So a little something to look forward to as we continue on for the evening. And, um, you know, not to keep you in suspense anymore, but it's really interesting as you... um, Gold really has a lot of other... Unrefined gold has a lot of other crap in it, if you will. And as you heat it up and as you refine it, the the stuff that's not gold um, actually gets separated from the gold and it kind of floats away. And gold that's been refined is a lot more transparent... Um, actually, and it's actually a lot more pliable, and it's a good representative of our hearts. You know, as our hearts become refined and all the crap of sin is leaves it, you know, we become more pliable for the Lord to use, and we become more transparent in that Jesus shines through us more. And I think that's a really cool analogy um, because you know what these this Laodicea church was all about their riches, um, the stuff that they thought they were, you know, they had the gold that they thought they had, but it really was just crap. Um, but Jesus is offering something that's so much better. That's refined gold. We uh, are talking about lukewarmness, lukewarmanosity. I don't know <laughs> what the uh, the topic would be or the word, but not being hot, not being cold, being middle ground, which um, Jesus says is worthy of vomiting. And uh, you look at our church, you look at our, our youth culture or just the church culture that we're in, there's such a dis. Uh, disassociation or you know just a a, a, a wrong um, you know compass I don't know what I'm looking to say but there's <laughs> there's such a you know a, a focus off of what we're supposed to be doing about being on fire for the Lord and there's such a focus on these temporary material things you know about getting the greatest you know light system in the church getting the best sound getting the best looking people to sing and play getting the most talented getting the status getting your best life now getting happiness getting wealth getting all these things jesus nowhere in the bible does it say that hey you're going to be happy you're going to look good you're going to be wealthy but that's the church that we live in today is that if you're not happy good uh you know feeling good or wealthy then you're in sin or you're in rebellion whereas uh, the people that are seeking those things they're not in sin they're just seeking the wrong thing and they become lukewarm um, Jesus says in, in Matthew 5 he says you're the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven we are supposed to be a light. We're supposed to be a match. <laughs> you know that we're going to spark that fire. People are going to see us, and it's going to, you know, just permeate. And you know, from one match to another, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like Mission Impossible. It's going to be like, and it's just going to keep going. And that's what we're called to be. But if we're lukewarm, we're, what, what does that pass on? If you're hot. You influence around you, you know, bringing heat. There's heat, you know, that's radiating off of you. If you're cold, you're making everything else cold around you. What do you say we, uh, crank it up a notch? I'm intrigued. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. 
back. Let's pick up what we were talking about. I got cut off a little bit. I got ahead of myself. But uh, we're talking about the salt and how we are called to, you know, basically start a fire in the uh, the world that we're in to be that light, that heat that uh, permeates. And uh, same with salt. Um, if you allow the salt to be watered down, it's, that's how you lose its flavor, by mixing it with other things. And when you allow yourself to, you know, compromise in, in a way, not necessarily with sin, but just allow things to, you know, water you down, to take away that, that tang, that, that, you know, that spice <laughs> that we're supposed to have as a Christian, we're, we're useless, the Bible says. It says we're, you can't even be thrown out and be trampled on. You're not even good for that. So, um, you know, Jesus calls us to be a light, to bring heat, to spark a flame in the lives of other Christians. And that's what we need to be, not lukewarm. We have a special segment, never done before, that we're going to introduce to you tonight. It's called Unbelievable. <laughs> done that before. <laughs> yeah, we've in done fact, it about 45 times <laughs> every show. We do an unbelievable segment. But, um, you know, speaking of fire and being hot... Yeah. And uh, not being cold and not being lukewarm. You know, we thought it was appropriate that we would talk about the amazingness of bonfires. Yeah, whether it's retreat, missions trip, camp, camp, you know, camp nowhere, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Maybe you live in the woods and you do a bonfire every night and you're like, yeah, big whoop. Well, for us city folk, bonfires are uh, amazing. It's like They're super amazing natural. when you're a country, a country bumpkin. <laughs> bumpkin. <Yeah. laughs> no, but like, you know, I remember going to a bonfire once at camp and uh, it, they like actually started it. There was like an old couch they didn't want anymore. And that was like the main like thing. It was like, yeah, it was like eight foot tall. It was like breaking all fire codes. It was it was awesome. Those are the best. Those are the best bonfires here. When the cops have to come by and be like, oh, you should calm that thing down. You're like, no, oh, sorry, dog. <laughs> Doc. Doc. What am I talking about? What's uh, up, Doc? <laughs> I'm a little confused about my men in it's uniform. Going, it's going Looney Tunes right now on us. But uh, bonfires and s'mores. You know, you whip out the old marshmallow mm. thing. and the, It was always the hunt to find the perfect stick. Yeah. That it's you like could just straight enough, but curved enough so that it goes I have a arcing. telescopic uh, uh, marshmallow cooker thing. You do? You actually, like, pull it out like an antenna, like of a, of a radio. <laughs> And then you, you put your, it has two little prongs on the end, you put your marshmallow on, and all you have to do, it rotates. All you have to do is move your thumb, and it rotates the marshmallow around. Oh my you gosh. Even move the it's stick. the greatest invention I've ever heard. It's awesome. That's like, what's unbelievable. Forget bonfires. <laughs> <laughs> Telescopic rotating marshmallow cooker. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's marketed, too. It's like 30 letters on the box. It's like running onto each side of the box. It's like people whose last names are too long to fit on the back of a jersey and they <laughs> like to go like around sleeve. and down the sleeve. The name itself is longer than the telescopic reach of uh, this very By the way, I think that's thing. cool, so uh, don't be offended anyone who has a really long last name. Those yeah. are making fun of you. Rothless Burger. <laughs> Hushmanzada. <laughs> but a bonfire, you know what? It always ends up bringing people together. Everyone really feels does. nice and warm and snuggly sitting around, you know, and a lot of good... You know, up late. You know, talking about <laughs> things of deep within the ravines of your heart yeah, over a, the ravines <laughs> over a flame, and the never fail mediocre guitar player that shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that right. Comes out of the woods. He's like, oh, I know about eight songs, and they're all the same chords and they're the same. Melody. Worlds apart from Jars of Clay, somehow always <laughs> ends up coming out at that point, uh, or Kumbaya, or that song. It only takes Michael a road, but start a, a fire in me. You know, we always say we want you to be cool cats, but. For the sake of argument tonight, we want you to be hot cats. <laughs> because cool, you know, that's not necessarily the, yeah, the no. way we want to go. <laughs> cool should be in quotes, as in like, you know, 
being actually like a cool person. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's only one way to be cool, and that's to be hot. That's right. Set on fire <laughs> for Christ. Um, you know, it's funny how, and I'm, I'm very guilty of this, is a lot of times when I'm doing good, you know, spiritually, I'm just kind of chilling and... Um, you know, I feel comfortable and things are kind of going good for me and when stuff. When you have need of nothing. <laughs> That's right. When I th- or I think I don't have yeah. need of anything. Um, my spirit starts to cool and I start getting really comfortable. And um, I start thinking, hey, you know what? I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I've got clothes. I'm not really, you know, I can see good and all this stuff like the passage is talking about, about the church of Laodicea. Um, and I start thinking that I'm not as needful of the Lord as I am. And um a result of that is that I am lukewarm. And, you know, it's really important that even though what, when we're doing good, we still have a re- revelation or a realization about our hearts and that we're really desperately wicked and we really need the Lord. And, um, you know, so that our fire and our effectiveness and our contagiousness in this, in this culture stays where it needs to be. Yeah, the, the idea that we are so self-absorbed in the fact that we are... Um, you know, content or, you know, everything's so great. Like, and it's all about us really. Like, this is how I feel with the Lord today. You know, like this is what I feel is fine. And a lot of times we can be so focused on us in the, between the relationship of God and us, we focus on us a lot more than God. (laughs) And that's what it tends to kind of take us off the burner a little bit. Like we, we turn it down a little bit uh, because, you know, it's getting getting too hot. (laughs) It's getting too Getting a little too, uh, you know, we're both coming to a boil. Um, getting a little scary. I yeah. might have to do something for the Lord that I don't want to do. Yeah. And uh, like it really, like, even in our worship, you know, it's very self-centered. It's, you know, the focus comes off the one that is light, that is heat, that is, you know, the fire. You know, we talked about eyes of fire and, and you know, and, uh, you know, that he's the light of the world. When our focus draws off of that, that's when we tend to cool. The farther you are f- the, away from light, the cooler you are. So uh, it's very important for us to focus on Jesus. Yeah, and, have our um, eyes fixed on the on our Savior and our Creator. Have our eyes fixed on the eyes of fire, and our eyes will be on fire. Just like his eyes of fire. <laughs> fire, 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 fire. <laughs> this is the pyro. And hey, it's called the altar life. What happens on an altar? Yep, you lay, you lay down your sacrifice and it catches on fire and it pleases the Lord. Yep. And that's a really cool thing to think about. So, but you know, focusing too much on ourselves and other things to make ourselves happy. Only Christ um, is the one we should be striving for. If we're, if we're thinking we're wealthy, that we're, you know, clothed without Christ, then we're really naked, poor, blind, wretched, all that great stuff. <laughs> but uh, simply said, we need Christ <laughs> desperately live for him. Period. <laughs> Period. And we could probably just end the show now because we said all we need to say. Yeah. No, but we're not because we got lots of other music to go and um, some other cool stuff in this passage to talk about. But um, Jeff, it's been a fun evening so far talking yeah, about been bonfires. Good. And fires. <laughs> I hope you all you pyromaniacs are getting getting it all out tonight. You know, uh, we don't talk about fire every night, but uh, maybe you pyro guys can uh, you know can attest to how cool fire is and. Um, and maybe live that way in your own life spiritually. So, Like I said before, what we do on The Altar Life, we pick songs that are appropriate for the theme that we're talking about. We're talking about being hot, being on fire for Christ. We want to be on the hot list. You know, we don't want to be on the not list. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching too much E. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in this passage, verse 19, Christ says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne 
as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And it's kind of random that all of a sudden, like he's talking about, you know, all this good stuff that he wants you to, he wants to give us, you know, gold refined the fire. And all of a sudden he's like, well, I rebuke the people I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, um, you know, he, the reason why he doesn't want us to be lukewarm is because he loves us. And he knows there's so much more in store for us if we're hot for him, you know, if we're not lukewarm, but we're on fire for Christ. Um, you know, there's so much more he has to offer us. The, the idea... You know, Jesus is going through, hey, you think you're this, but you're this. And he's very hard hitting. But then he doesn't want them to be condemned. And he says, you know what? I'm chastening you. It's because I love you. And that's the, it's the same, you know, our parents do that. You know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. You know, you're I'm right. doing this because I love Give you. Me the battle. Like, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus, it's true. The reason he's telling them this is because he's giving them an opportunity to get hot, to get cold, to do something. He'd rather us be in full-on rebellion than be playing the game and having no heart behind it, but then having no fire or or spice, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be Mexican Christians. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, think about all the people that he didn't like when he was... That he had a hard time with when he was on earth, you know? Yeah. It was the Pharisees. It was the people who were religious, but their hearts were far from them, or far from him. And, um, you know, he had compassion on the people who were far away from him, the cold folks. And, um, of course, he, he loved and made note of the people and marveled at the people who were on fire for him. But it was those Pharisees, man, those lukewarm folks that he really had issues with. Yeah, the people with one foot in one part and one foot in the other part. Hot and cold. <laughs> put that together what do you get lukewarm and he does not like lukewarmness who here likes vomiting not me oh all you gosh. bulimic people out there you know that's uh like the torch, that's, most torch <laughs> i don't thing. know how you could do that to yourself not making light of it but i get all Jesus like the says, blood vessels like yeah me too. In my face I, it's yeah, it's all, no, I could never be bulimic um as you could probably tell <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a serious thing when Jesus says that I can vomit you out of my mouth, that he's not even going to put up with that. It makes him sick to see somebody who plays the game, uh, someone who is in the church and is is lukewarm. That makes him sick. And it's kind of harsh. You think about that. You're like, Jesus, wow, how about that? That's why he puts it out there. And he says, I love you. I'm rebuking you and chastening you so that you'll be zealous and repent. Yeah. And what does he say? He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. He doesn't say, I'm going to knock. And if you open the door and you turn out to be somebody that I didn't think, I'm going to turn around and go to the next door. He's like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to blow you all down with my machine gun. <laughs> yeah. He's not like, he doesn't have a heart like that. He wants to come in and hang out and eat with us, man. So I'm going to wrap this up. The last part is talking about doors, opening, shutting, all that kind of stuff, dining. And uh, we're going to jump right in. Look, Jesus loves you guys so much. And he loves us. And even when I am lukewarm and I've lost my fervor for the Lord, um, he's there. And he's knocking at the door of our hearts, you know. He's there tonight at, in all of our hearts, knocking at the door of our hearts. And he wants to come in. He's not going to force himself in like some KGB guy in Russia or whatever. He's not He's not a militant. Um, he's, he's standing there graciously knocking. And he wants to come in. He wants to eat with us. He wants to have fellowship with us. Um, because he loves us and he knows that's where it's at. That's where it's at, you know. And um, this is just an encouragement to all of us tonight, you know, myself included, um, to just really answer the door. You know, he's knocking. <laughs> answer the door, yo, let him in. And um, spend time with the Lord. Spend time looking into his face. It'll change our lives if we do that. Yeah, the more we're with him and, and close to him and we dine with him, the more like him we're going to be, and what is he? He's he's the you know he's the the, the two edged two edged sword. 
that you know with the eyes of fire. He is the light of the world. The more we dine with him, the more we commune with him, the more like him we'll become. The closer we are to him, the hotter we're going to be. And that's really the whole point of this whole thing. The whole reason you're still here is because God wants you to be heat. It's kind of one of those things like, you know, it's like the more the more you look into his face, the more you fall more in love with him. It's like the more the less time you spend, the more you forget about how awesome he is and the more down the wrong path we end up and the cooler we end up. So it's a great it's a great exhortation for tonight. Um, I really enjoy Answer the door. That. Yeah. It's he's Jesus. Knocking. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> knock, knock. And it's and, you know, I love the fact that he's not He's not like all rambunctious. He doesn't kick know. the door down with his M42, or I just made that gun up. But he's just blowing people away because he's like, "You didn't." You know, so he gives them the chance to open up, yep. and that's the most important thing. Yeah, God's been gracious through all these seven churches. You know, He's been gracious. We just see how much He loves us and how much He wants for us. Um, that He would be willing to take the time and to um, and to to ask us to turn, ask us to repent, and to to fall more in love with Him. So. We have finished our series in Revelation. We're very excited. We're going to go out with a bang. It's either all or nothing. Here's Fighting Instinct. Until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. (laughs) 